from the Three Ranger Bros Studio. Tiger Tales, one year anniversary. The Invasion of the Putties. Hello everybody and welcome to Tiger Tales, the place where you'll find stories and fan fictions written and read to you by your host, me, Tiger Tiger. Today we're going back into the Tiger Tales Marvel DC fan fiction universe, or the TDMDFU for short. Here is where I have very cleverly moulded the likes of the Marvel and DC universes into one big universe with lots of ongoing storylines which are all connected. You can listen to every storyline separately in their own playlists on the channel. Or, if you want to listen to anything in chronicle order, you can listen to that on the channel as well because it has its own separate playlist. Today, we start off with our first major crossover. Just of the facts of the Justice League and the Avengers, there is going to be big crossovers in this universe. And today, I'm very proud to uh, give you guys my very first one and the very first chapter. Yes, there's going to be multiple parts to this. Now, I'm not going to sit here and bore you with all the details. I'm going to dive straight into the story. So let's dive in with The Invasion of the Putties, Chapter 1, The Day It Rained Putties. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is New York Radio News. I am your host, Felicity Hart, and this is your 12 o'clock lunchtime news. There have been several reports today of portals opening in the sky with rocks falling from them. I can only assume, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a meteor storm. Please stay home and please stay safe. On to other news. The mutants for hire were all hanging out in the lounge area, waiting for the FBI to contact them about their second kryptonite made metahuman's location so they could go and bring her in. Man, I'm so bored, Ocklo sighed. Yeah, I know, but can't we take another assignment whilst we wait? Thunderstruck asked. Your fat head can't handle all that, bro. One up, mocked. Actually, by circumstance, your head is slightly bigger. Cardio told one up. <laughs> he kinda got it there, bro. Oh, close chuckled. Suddenly, the tall windows that were placed at the back of the room all shattered as several figures dived into the room. The boys all jumped to their feet and stared at these grey-looking figures, all in strange fighting stances. Their faces kind of looked like clay moulds with black, hollow eyes and mouths, and they all started making strange noises. What are these things? One Up asked. I do not recognize these beings. Cardio retorted. The four boys stood there ready, waiting for the strange being to make a move. I say we mess these things up. One Up said as he touched a silver spoon on the table, which turned his entire skin silver. Boys, butter me up. Thunderstruck muttered. One Up used all of his strength to hit Thunderstruck in the back. Then Octos' eyes turned red, his strength increasing, and then he also hit Thunderstruck in the back. Then Cardio's heart increased making his muscles stronger, and then he also hit Thunderstruck in the back. Thunderstruck then channeled all of the hits into their kinetic energy and put it all into his fists. Well, may as well keep it in the red, yeah? Oculus muttered as his eyes stayed glowing red. Then the strange beings all advanced. One jumped high into the air and clung onto the staircase that led up to the set of bookshelves. One up jumped up and booted off the railing with all his might. It fell as it hit the ground, exploding into lumps of clay. One up looked down in shock. 
two ran at Thunderstruck. He ducked down, dodging their attacks, and then he turned around and put his fists into one of the beings and released some of the kinetic energy. The being exploded and into clumps of clay. Thunderstruck st shook his hand in disgust. Then the other one kicked him in the back. He stumbled forward. He gained his footing. He threw his fist and sent a kinetic energy at the strange clay being. It got hit by the blast, exploding into lumps of clay. Cardio grabbed one of the beings and lifted it into the air, and with his enhanced strength, he pulled the being apart. It then shattered into clumps of clay. Then he turned his attention to another. He caught its fist and it swung an attack at him. He then swiftly pulled the arm off the creature and used its arm to batter the being's head in. Then the same thing happened and it turned into clumps of clay. One jumped up and dived up close. He jumped up and kneed the being in the head. He grabbed the being and with one fell pull he tore the head off. The being turned into clumps of clay. One up jumped off the library floor landing on one of the beings stamping on its head and then he grabbed it pulled it up and headbutted it in the face. Oclos then jumped up, kicked it in the back. Thunderstruck ran up and punched it in the chest. Cardio then slid past, grabbing it by the ankles, tripping it over. It fell forward and crashed into the glass table, shattering it. The being shattered in clumps of clay. The door swung open and Mr. Pocket walked in. Boys, whatever are you doing? You're making a lot of ruckus, Mr. Pocket said. He then looked up and saw the mess of the place. What the fuck? is going on he barked boss it's a tricky thing not gonna lie thunderstruck stated dad these clay things are like everywhere they just burst through the window oclo said we took care of them though boss one up grinned awkwardly suddenly the strange noises that the beings made could be heard again mr pocket and all the boys ran to the broken window and peered out of it the view of new york city became in Apparent, then they saw hundreds, possibly thousands, of these clay beings attacking everywhere in the city. The street was filled with them. The buildings being attacked, people started screaming out in fear. It's some form of invasion. Cardio muttered. Boys, look up! Thunderstruck sighed. They all looked up into the sky and saw huge green portals dotted all over the place. The sky was now nothing but black, and on the inside, just as dark. The clay creatures falling out of the portals and landing on the floor like it was nothing. Dad, what are these things? Ocklos asked. Son, I do not know, Mr. Pocket sighed. Thunderstruck looked down to the street and saw two children being attacked. He then stormed away from the window and headed for the elevator. Thunderstruck, stop, Mr. Pocket barked at him. Boss. I ain't arguing. I'm going down there. Thunderstruck barked back at Mr. Pocket. My boy, don't be foolish. I would never stop you. I was going to say, don't leave like your brothers. And besides, take these, Mr. Pocket replied. He tossed a small black box to Thunderstruck. He passed one to each one of the three other boys as well. Then each one opened the box and inside was a pair of communication links. Yo, upgrade, man, close cheered. These are pretty high-tech, boss. Cardio said, wear them at all times. These are your communicators. You won't even know they are there, don't worry. They're all connected to each other and to mine. We are family boys, we have each other's backs, and now you have to go save the city, and I want to keep an eye on you, Mr. Pocket told them. Thanks, boss. One up said, they all placed their communication links into their ears and all headed for the elevator. They all ran out of the building, entered the street, filled with madness. These clay creatures had started tearing up the place. Buildings were now on fire. Cars were now on fire. People running in fear or being attacked. The streets were now filled with screaming and terror. I say we stay close. Thunderstruck said. You heard the boss. We're family. One up replied. We must stay alert. Cardio chimed in. Yo, let's kick some ass, boys. Oculus grinned. Then the four boys got to work and started fighting the strange clay creatures. Back up to the Mutants for Hyatt's lair, Mr. Pocket walked into his office and pressed the screen on his computer. It revealed all the green portals all over the planet. The clay creatures were spilling into the world all over the place. New York, Los Angeles, Gotham, Metropolis, and more and more were under attack. Perfect. Now we must wait for everyone to assemble, Mr. Pocket grinned. If you have a job that needs to get done and the police won't help you, not even the FBI will help you, 
And if you could find them, if you can slightly afford the elevated cost because of their insurance rates, maybe, then maybe you can hire Mutants for Hire. You can always try to reach them at 14-141-26610. If you can find them and you can afford them, they'll get it done. It's not Deadpool. It's not dead. It's not Deadpool. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. In Gotham City, in the Wayne Manor, Elias Smith, also known as Arkham, the old gentle spy, stood before Alfred Pennyworth, Dick Grayson, Diana Lance, Roy Harper, Alex Andrews Jr., and Lance Bishop. He stood there and presented all the information he had on Dot Dead. This is so messed up, Dick said harshly. This man killed his parents. Roy snapped. And his doctors, three of them. Diana sighed. Wait, they said he had a daughter, Lance questioned. She was adopted, though, Dick stated. Thank Smith's old friend for the information. We shall go over this and compare it to our notes, Alfred said. Anyways, I can help the defenders of Gotham, Elias said with a nod. Then suddenly, the sound of window smashing came from one of the hallways upstairs. No one moves unless I tell you to. Dick commanded. He then shifted from his chair and left the room. He started creeping up the staircase as slowly and quietly as possible. He entered the hallway to see several strange grey creatures in causing mayhem. What the hell? Dick asked. Then the creatures all turned their attention to Dick, and one of them attacked. He th it threw its fist and Dick swatted it away. He then caught another's kick, then flung the foot up, making the thing flip over and landed on its stomach. Then he jabbed one and kicked another one. He swung for two, but one of, of them hit him, knocking him back. Then another one kicked him in the chest, pushing him through the ledge, making him fall down back to the ground floor. He landed with a hard thud. As he got up, the creatures jumped down, landing next to him, whilst others ran down the corridor. Dick stood and kept blocking the incoming attacks, trying to find an opening, when suddenly two arrows struck the intruders. Both of them fell and exploded into piles of clay. The clay deteriorated slowly. Dick looked up to see Roy and Lance, both with their quivers equipped and bows in hand. Thanks for the save. Dick sighed as he caught his breath. No problem, man. Roy replied. <laughs> yeah, dude, don't even mention it. Lance grinned. There are others, though. Dick grunted. Alex and Dinah ran off to go get them. Roy explained. And Alfred headed to the back cave of Elias to make sure it stays secure. Lance told him. Okay, good. Let's split up and get rid of those weird things. Dick told the archery duo. Dinah and Lance ran through the corridor and found the grey humanoid-like creatures ransacking the manor's kitchen. I guess they got hungry. Dinah mocked. Then she pulled out a small cylinder, pressed the button, and extended into her bow staff. She swirled it around, smacking one of the creatures into another. She then tripped one over and rammed it one end of her staff into the creature's chest, and it exploded into lumps of clay. Then two jumped up onto the kitchen table. Dinah released her sonic scream, and the two wriggled in pain, dropped to the floor, and exploded into clay. Alex pulled out his grapple gauntlet, slipped on, and he aimed it and shot it at and the grapple hit a creature and pulled it closer. He then spun his foot around and kicked the creature in the head, knocking it to one side. He shot his grapple hook at the ceiling, swung across the room using his momentum to kick one of the creatures into another. He then swung back and threw several birdarangs, each one hitting one of the creatures. It exploded into piles of clay. Dinah and Alex high-fived each other. Nicely done, canary! Alex cheered. Not bad yourself, kid. Dinah said, rather impressed. Then they headed for the back cave and met up with Dick and the others. Guys, this is bad. Dick said, sounding defeated. What's going on? Alex asked. We have done a scan of these clay creatures, and they are everywhere. Arkham explained. I have scanned the whole of Gotham. They are everywhere, and their numbers are growing. Alfred sighed. And we're still sat here because... Roy asked, confused. We aren't going to, but we have to suit up and stick together. They are easily defeated, but the numbers of them make them a formidable foe. Dick explained. Everyone went into separate directions and suited up. 
brought to you by Onion Direct. We give you the ability to turn into your own Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. I've always wanted to be the Green Ranger. Maybe the red one. Hey, maybe you want to change it up a bit and be a guy in a pink Power Ranger costume. That's fine by us. We give you the proxy 50-50 Power Morpher. Yes, have a chance of morphing into your favorite Ranger, but don't forget the rules of being a Power Ranger. <laughs> they can only exist one at a time, so... If you try morphing, it may not work, we don't know, but we're selling it to you for exactly $9.99.99. That's right, that's the proxy 50-50 chance power morpher. You may get to morph, who knows, with Onion Direct. Deep in the heart of Gotham, Dot Dead ran through an alleyway. Several of these great creatures ran after him. I'm not used to being the gingerbread man! Dr. Dead sighed. He was tempted to use the time stone, but it wore him out physically whenever he tried to use it more than a couple times a day. He pulled out his revolver and aimed it. He pulled the trigger several times, killing several of the things that flooded the alleyway. The things fell to the floor and exploded into lumps of clay. Dr. Dead then turned around to see two or three of them stood there. One swung for Dr. Dead, but then Bane landed behind them and clapped his hands together, hitting the creature in the head, popping it like a grape. Then he grabbed one and threw it behind him with one hand, then picked up the last one by the head and by the ankle and pulled and tore the thing in two. Ah! Bane! Perfect timing! Dr. Dead said, surprised. We could have stayed in our base of operations. Bane barked. <laughs> no. Whatever these things are, they can stay away from my project. Dr. Dead replied harshly. You are the boss. Bane snapped. Then the Scarecrow came running from the alley same alleyway. He stopped and bent over in the lack of breath. <sighs> These things are nightmares. And not in a good way. Scarecrow huffed. Sadly, our goons were useless. Bane muttered, throwing Dr. Dead an evil glare. Don't blame me. Not my fault. Dotted replied. The villainous trio turned around and saw the mayhem of Gotham behind them, the clay-like creatures filling every building, destroying every car, filling the streets of Gotham. <clears throat> there, I am up and running. Scarecrow hissed as his needle gauntlet extended his needles pointed over his knuckles. Now what? Bane asked. No one gets to destroy Gotham other than me! Dr. Dead growled. The trio started fighting the strange creatures. Dr. Dead stabbed one in the neck with his knife and then aimed his revolver and pulled the trigger, killing another one. Bane picked up one and swung it around like some form of weapon, using it to smack the others away. Scarecrow blocked an attack, then punched it in the face before stabbing it with his needles. The grey goon-like being started tumbling backwards, tripping over itself. It wriggled there for a couple moments like it was having an epileptic fit. Then it stopped and exploded into clay. Hmm. Good to know. <laughs> Scarecrow grinned. Suddenly, three motorbikes came to a halt. Nightwing and Robin climbed off the first one. Arsenal and Hawkeye climbed off the second one. Black Canary and Arkham climbed off the third one. Suddenly, the Iron Butler landed next to them. I usually hate party crashes, but I will admit. <laughs> Some backup would be nice. Dot Dead admitted. I thought you would have skipped town. Nightwing told him. If I'm going to watch Gotham burn, I'll be holding the lighter. Dot Dead growled. Those things are everywhere. We are going to need all of Gotham's toughest fighters. I guess that means you three. Nightwing muttered. You what? Arsenal blurted at him. I mean, he has a point. An alliance would be kind of helpful here. Robin snapped. The scan indicates that over 80% of Gotham is being attacked. We need the help. Iron Butler told them. I am so down! But the second that these Play-Doh wannabes are gone, I'm back to hating you! Ugh. Underwear tight-wearing heroes. Dr. Dead chuckled. Then the heroes and villains formed into one team and started attacking the grey creatures across the street as the grey creatures were trying to tear down Gotham. Hey there, podcast listener. You enjoying what you're listening to? Well then, do I got a special treat for you. Storytime with Cosplay Dude 637. 
That's me. I'm your host, and I like to tell you stories. Stories that I personally enjoy. So, buckle up, get comfortable, because we're going on a wild ride. Connor Shu stood there watching his new avatar sleep. His name was Ashan Manu, an Indian astrophysicist. Konshu sat there watching his avatar sleep when suddenly a portal opened in the sky and another portal opened and the sky suddenly became filled with portals and grey like creatures started raining down upon the little village and started to attack the villagers. What are you doing, Mr. Pocket? Konshu sighed to himself. Then Ishan woke up. What's with all the ruckus? Ishan muttered. He climbed to his feet and placed his glasses on. We are trouble. We must fight now. Can't you, Bart? Yes. Okay, Ishan muttered sheepishly. Suddenly, Ishan stood tall and his suit appeared and wrapped over him. Moon Knight stood there tall and then dived off the roof that Ishan had been sleeping on. Moon Knight landed and ran up to one of the grey things and started fighting it. Punched it several times in the face, then backflipped, kicking it as he flipped round. He landed and the grey creature fell to the floor, exploding into a pile of clay. All right, newbie, let's see what you have up your sleeve. Conchu muttered as he knelt down on one knee and watched Moon Knight throw one of his moon darts at one of the grey creatures. Summoner was fiddling with his Yu-Gi-Oh dual disc. He extended some wires and placed the other end to the reality stone. Dude, I don't know if we should be doing this, his best friend Darren muttered. The guy in the weird suit said to use it to bring my dream to life. The monsters in Yu-Gi-Oh would make amazing heroes. And I dream of being a natural duelist. So, why not use it? Soma asked him. Fine, let's mess with an infinity stone. You only live once, I suppose, Darren muttered, and helped Soma link the dual disc to the infinity stone. It was placed on top of the dual disc, and then suddenly, the dual disc became active. Holy raw, I think we did it. Soma cheered. Suddenly, a big explosion came from the building across the street. Soma and Darren ran to the window and saw the city being attacked by these grey creatures. They were swarmed everywhere, destroying everything. Attacking the buildings, the people, the vehicles. Good. Time to test it out. Soma grinned and he grabbed his new modified dual dish strapped onto his wrist when suddenly his uh, big red veins ran up his arm, the infinity stone started to glow and Soma screamed out in pain as red burning energy surged through him and then he dropped to one knee. Dude, now is not the time to play hero, you don't know how to work that thing, Darren barred at him as he dropped to one knee assisting Soma to his feet. <laughs> I'm okay, stings like a bitch, but it feels good. Get me the hero deck. Soma ordered. Darren rolled his eyes, ran across the room, picked up a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and handed it to Soma. He took the deck and slotted it into the dual disc, and suddenly the de uh, deck of cards started having a nice sheen to them. Soma took a deep breath in, then he placed his hand on his best friend. Bro, if I don't come back, I just want to say thanks for dueling me all these years, and for being a badass roommate. Soma said with a slight grin. He bolted off leaving their apartment. Dude! Darren called after him. Soma ran out of the building and onto the street and found a couple of the grey creatures destroying a corner stall. Hey! Soma barked. The creatures turned to Soma. He gulped hard. He clenched his shaking hand. His nerves were getting 100 miles an hour faster than him. He then drew five cards. His arm started to burn again. I have a time limit here. Gotta be careful. Soma muttered to himself. He looked at his hands of five cards. He picked one and placed it on the dual disc. The reality stone started to glow. Here's everyone's favourite golden boy, Elemental Hero Sparkman, in attack mode. Soma called out. Then in a flash of white light, Sparkman appeared in blue and gold. The electric hero stood tall. Soma looked down at his dual disc and the number 8000 appeared. If the duelist life points hit zero, the duel ends, and if that happens here, I'm rendered powerless? Seriously? Soma confirmed to himself. Sparkman, attack! Static shockwave! 
Soma demanded. Then the monster held out his hand and a ball of bright blue electricity flew from his palm and hit the grey creatures and hit them dead on, exploding and the creatures burst into lumps of clay. Soma jumped for joy, then removed the card and Sparkman disappeared. He then took off the dual disc for a second. The stone stopped glowing. The red veins on his arms slowly decreased. He fell down onto uh, a bench. Whoa, gotta be careful. Soma sighed. He sat on the bench for a while. He took a deep breath and waited for his arm to stop being numb. When he got feeling back in his arm, he strapped the dual disc back on and started uh, pulling out another five cards. Have you been teleported to the past? Or de-aged to look like a kid again? Or have you delivered a message to some strange woman who asks questions all the time? And are you stuck? Well called TARDIS Taxis, the taxi service that don't get you where you want to go, but where you need to go. To book TARDIS Taxis, simply call the number in last week's paper. Bookings are six months in advance. We cannot rearrange your booking, as it may rip a hole in the space-time continuum. Refunds are at the discretion of the Time Lords. Call TARDIS Taxis and we will get you home one day. In New York University, Logan, Amelia, Hunter were all chilling in the library, catching up on coursework. Man, I am so bored, uh, Hunter whined. Well, I would say let's go get a smoothie or something, but it all depends on Miss Workaholic over here wants to join us, Logan said, tilting his head at Amelia. Excuse me, I'm just trying to get this work done. Sorry, but I want to pass this course. Amelia snapped. Suddenly there was a scream from outside. Logan, Amelia and Hunter all ran to the window to see these strange grey-like creatures running around, causing havoc amongst the university grounds, attacking the students, attacking the building. Hunter bolted off in one direction. Logan watched Hunter join in with the rest of the students running out of the library in fear. Logan looked at Amelia. She nodded at him. They headed into the back room and changed. Suddenly, Spider-Man and Vixen landed onto the university grounds. Spider-Man jumped up and shot his webs at some of the creatures and pulled one into the up in the air. He punched it a couple times, then smacked one to the ground. It exploded into lumps of clay. Vixen touched her amulet and the spirit of the gorilla formed around her. And then she started swinging her fist, smacking these great creatures around like they were nothing. She then jumped up and flipped over and smashed her heel into one of the creatures' head and it exploded into lumps of clay. Man, these things are weird, Spider-Man sighed as he shot another web. I can't figure out whether they're demonic or alien. Vixen snapped as she smacked one and it flew into a tree. Hunter ran with the other students but eventually turned to the mechanics workshop. He ran into the empty room, stumbled into his locker. He opened the locker with his combination and suited up. Captain Cold crept out of the mechanics workshop, found some of the grey creatures trying to break into one of the corridors via a window. He aimed his cold gun and blasted ice beams at the creatures, freezing them solid halfway into the window. Their frozen bodies now hanging halfway into the building. Captain Cold then walked up and kicked one of them in the head and broke into massive shards of ice. He then made his way outside. JJ was in the gym, doing some boxing training. He was punching his punching bag as hard as he could. The sound of the boxing glove hitting the bag echoed throughout the gym. We should be trying to kill Spider-Man. Venom's voice echoed his mind. Can you shut up? I'm trying to train here, JJ snapped. You promised. Venom growled. Actually, we made a deal. You lend me your strength and combat senses, and I'll be your host. JJ snapped back. Fine, but eventually I will grow tiresome. Venom snarled. Yeah, yeah, got it, JJ sighed. Then he carried on punching his punching bag. Suddenly, the sound of glass shattering echoed from behind him. He turned around and found... A grey humanoid-like being falling into the room via now a broken window. JJ took off his boxing gloves, walked up to the figure who was climbing to his feet. Yo, man, what the fuck are you doing? JJ barked. The figure stood and revealed its ghoulish features. JJ took a step back in horror. The creature jumped at JJ and swung for him. JJ blocked the attack and jabbed the being in the face, making it stumble back. Then the creature smacked JJ in the face and he was thrown off his feet and hit a slid across the floor. Would you like me to get involved? Venom asked in his mind. God damn it, yes, sir, JJ barked. Then the symbiote wrapped itself around him and Venom stood there in front of the great creature, now overtowering it. Venom grabbed the creature and bit his head clean off and chewed the head up before spitting it back out in disgust, the body breaking into lumps of clay. That was gross, 
Venom growled. Then Venom peered out of the broken window and found more attacking the university. Venom jumped out of the window. Spider-Man shot a web ball at one of the great creatures. Vixen kicked it, sending it flying. And then suddenly, Captain Cold came into view, blasting more of the creatures with ice blasts freezing them. Suddenly Venom landed and whipped out a tendril of symbiote and smacking two of the creatures into the ground. Come on guys, we do not have the time here. Cannot see the university's being invaded by the clay commando? Spider-Man barked as he pulled two of them towards him, jumping up at the last second making the, the two of them collide. Ain't here for you. I'm a thief. But I'm not here for terrorism, Captain Cold snapped. So how about we call a temporary truce and join forces? Vixen asked as she threw another one across the ground. I agree with the chick, but uh, I don't see a bunch of people like not getting killed, you know? Sun down, Captain Cole confirmed. Spider-Man then looked at Venom. You used to work with Peter Parker when you were bonded with Eddie. And Flash Thompson. Maybe we can work together too, Spider-Man suggested. I agree for now. Venom said. Spider-Man nodded. Then the four of them started fighting the great creatures as a team. Brought to you by Unindirect, the Red Lantern skincare cream. That's right, we've gotten the pure toxicity of the blood plasma from a Red Lantern and made it into fantastic skincare products. This skin cream gives you the stinging sensation of a sunburn. Did you enjoy the burning of a sunburn? Did you like the itchy sensation of eczema? Did you enjoy the one time that you touched the heart even though grandma told you not to? Yes, well, the skincare cream is just for you. Again, that is made from the boiling blood plasma of a red lantern we give you the red lantern skincare cream only for 9.99.99 brought to you by onion direct jack walked out of the bank and looked up and saw the portals in the sky he slipped his ring back on and became the orange lantern once more he saw several great creatures running towards him so he aimed his ring and the two police officer constructs were made. They started shooting at the great creatures. They Then he made a sword construct and started slashing down the creatures himself. Jordan placed her ring on the lantern and she could feel the energy surge through her. Then she walked up to Atrocitus. You must go back. Something's happening. I can smell it. Atrocitus growled. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Jordan moaned. Jordan opened a portal and walked through it, and when she appeared by her apartment, she walked up to the building and noticed some of these great creatures attacking a group of people. I'm not in the mood for this crap. Jordan whined. She then walked up to them. Yo, jackasses! Leave them alone! She barked. The grey things turned around and swung for her. She jumped back and dodged the attack. With blood and rage of crimson red, we fill men's souls with darkest dread and twist your minds to pain and hate. We'll burn you all. That is your fate. She looked at the red lantern ring when suddenly red light wrapped around her and formed into a long sleeve top connected to a knee length skirt. The red lantern logo appeared on her chest and the small red mask formed around her eyes and her hair was put up into a ponytail. You're fucking with the wrong girl. The Red Lantern snapped. She made a buzzsaw construct and sliced through the couple of grey things like they were nothing. They exploded into lumps of clay. The group of people ran off in fear. The Red Lantern shook her head at them. Then she looked up and saw the portals in the sky and the creatures raining from them, landing everywhere for as far as she could see. She opened a blood portal, ran through it, landing next to Jack, who was suited up already fighting the grey creatures. Oh, Jordan, miss me so soon. The orange lantern chuckled as he sliced one of them in half. Don't flatter yourself. We will survive this better if we work together. Whatever this is. The red lantern growled. She made several big blasters which floated over her in an arch formation and then started blasting the creatures into pieces. Elsewhere in Los Angeles, Kit sat there in his car, looking over the information he had, he had figured out which gang members he would cause the biggest dent in the gang's operation if the Ghost Rider got rid of them. He sat in his car and pondered this. God damn it, man. Kit muttered to himself, then suddenly something hit his car. It crashed right on top of him, breaking his windshield. Kit jumped out of the car and quickly dived to check to see what it was. It was a humanoid being. Are you okay, sir? 
or Mariam? Kit barked, confused. Then the grey being jumped to its feet and jumped at Kit. It jumped to he jumped to one side and landed hard as he grunted in pain because he hit the concrete. He slowly climbed to his feet, then he saw that his attacker had friends, more of the same beings, fell from the sky and started destroying stuff. Kit noticed the portals. People then started running scared, screaming, fill, filling the streets. The buildings started being attacked, cars started being destroyed. Kit looked at the sky, then back at the few of the grey things that were now advancing on him. Suddenly, he felt really hot and bothered. His skin felt like it was on fire. You want to take over? Be my guest. Kit grunted, then his head and hands burst into flames as the Ghost Rider took over. Burn in hell. The Ghost Rider called out as it breathed fire. The flames submerged the grey creatures and burnt them into a solid black charcoal. The Ghost Rider then walked up to his car, pulled out his shotgun and a red shimmer encased the shotgun as he did. He then climbed into the car. The wheels set ablaze and the glass fixed itself. He then drove off. Some of the grey creatures tried to jump on the car as he drove. He pulled the shotgun out and lent it out of the window and pulled the trigger, blasting the creatures off his car. He kept shooting at the creatures as he drove, who some of them attacking civilians and some of them try to jump on this ride. He came to a halt to see the red lantern and the orange lantern fighting a big group of them. He climbed out, pulled the chain out of the boot, wrapped it around his chest diagonally, then pulled out his machete. He then closed the boot again and walked up to the two lanterns. What the hell? The orange lantern blurted in shock. We're a mutual acquaintance. Red lantern sighed with a slight eye roll. We stronger as units. Ghost Rider muttered. Then the Ghost Rider swung its machete, which now also glowed red, and it cut through the being like butter as the hot blades, glowing with heat, left a black residue burning the now cut in half grey creature. The Red Lantern made a chain, wrapped it around one of it, the necks of the creatures, and pulled it close, then threw up blood all over it. It splashed on the being's face, melting it. The Orange Lantern made a tiger construct and started attacking the grey creatures with it. He made a mace and started to crush some of the heads in. Hey guys, if you're enjoying this story, on the Tiger Tales channel, then maybe you should go check out Tiger Tales The Lost Stories, our second channel. The channel is exactly the same as this one, but with two minor differences. The first one being that fan fiction is taking in a whole different sort of concept, and there's more original stories. And then the other one is all the stories are in first person perspective. So instead of he did this and he said that, is I did this and I did that. So you might want to go check it out for different and unique stories. That's Tiger Tales, The Lost Stories, our brother channel. Go check it out after you listen to this. Isaac was stood there minding the toy store. The boss had left him there by himself many times before. He loved working at the toy store. He was a big kid himself at the age of 13. He got to try out the new merchandise and his use of knowledge of toys helped making sales. He sat there kind of bored waiting for customers realizing that there had not been any customers for a little while. Suddenly, two grey creatures smashed through the store window and crashed into the toy stand, knocking it over. Isaac jumped up and landed on the counter, looking down at the mayhem, and realized that the two beings were now standing up to their feet. Really now, my boss is going to be so mad, man, so in return, I'm going to kick your ass. Isaac grinned. He held out his hand and in a flash of light, a keyblade appeared. It was the Happy Gear Keyblade. The keyblade was built and looked like pieces from the Monsters Incorporated factory from the Monsters Inc. movie. This is my weapon, Happy Gears, and I'm Isaac. Nice to meet you. Isaac cheered. Then he jumped up and swung the keyblade down and sliced one of the beings. He then hit it a few times, it dropped to the floor and, and exploded into a pile of clay. He then placed his keyblade on his shoulder, keeping a tight grip on it. You wanna go too? Isaac asked confidently. He blocked an incoming stray. He then backflipped and swung the keyblade hard as the mighty swing hit the grey creature, breaking it into lumps of clay. Isaac then jumped out of the window and looked around the street to see more of the grey creatures causing a mass amount of chaos all over the place. Isaac gripped his keyblade and ran into the mayhem head on. Brought to you by Onion Direct. We give you the super glue, a lip balm. 
Not for yourself, don't be a jerk and put it on yourself, give it to someone else. This lip balm is for the grandmother who talks about masturbation too much, your wife who keeps on gossiping, and that co-worker who just always seems to have a question. Give it to them. They'll get shiny lips, of course, that's what lip balm does, but with the added efficiency of the super glue, they won't ever talk again. That is right, we promise no talking. Shiny lips, and of course, Warning, do not put it on yourself. Give it to others with the fantastic price of $9.99 and a 9. Brought to you by Onion Direct. In the Sanctum Sanctorum in China, Kenny and Kelly were reading books in the main room, just waiting around for Doctor Strange to finish his meditation. Suddenly, the entrance swung open, and a group of ghoulish grey figures walked in, prancing around weirdly. Excuse me, can we help you? Kelly snapped. The beings did not respond, but one did start punching a bookshelf down. Yo, come on, man. Stop it. Kenny barked. Kelly and Kenny grouped up. Let's do this, Kenny snarled. Kelly muttered a spell, then aimed her hands out, and a green lightning burst fall from her palms and hit one of the creatures. They flew across the room and burst into lumps of clay. Kenny also muttered a spell and made several daggers appear out of thin air. The floating daggers flew up the group and stabbed several of them. They all burst into lumps of clay. More of the creatures started barging through the door and filled the room. Um, I think it's time, Kenny said. Yeah, yeah, definitely time, Kelly said. You think it's wise though, Kenny asked. Suddenly the door opened behind them and barged through was Dr. Stephen Strange. I would say so, Doctor Strange said, and presented two helmets to them. One was golden, the helmet of fate. The other was silver, the helmet of fury. Kenny grabbed the helmet of fate and placed on it uh, on his head. And a flash of magical golden light, Doctor Fate stood before them. Let us sort this out quickly, Strange. Doctor Fate barked. Kelly grabbed the Helmet of Fury and placed it on her head, and in the flash of magical silver light, Dr. Fury stood before them. I agree with fate, Dr. Fury snapped. Dr. Fate raised his hand and several blasts of golden light erupted from his palm and it hit the great creatures, destroying them instantly. Dr. Fury held up her hand and into the air and the Omega symbol appeared in a silver flame. Suddenly, silver flames erupted and encased the beings. Dr. Strange opened a portal, put his hand through and pulled out a 14-year-old boy and the portal closed behind him. Dude, what gives? The boy barked. Julian Long, we are in need of your specific skills. Doctor Strange replied. Julian looked round the chaos around him. Whoa, whoa, next time leave with that, yeah? Julian jumped up and in into the fray. Dragon up! He called out. Flames encased his entire body and he grew and then left leaving a long, thick-bodied crimson dragon standing on his hind legs, arms crossed, his wings extended. Julian's blonde, spiky hair was now on a dragon's head. Nana peeps, <laughs> the dragon is here, Julian called out, then he flew into the fold, breathing fire on the groups of intruders. Doctor Strange held out his hand and made a portal, huge demonic fists flew out of the portal and they flew and punched several of the grey beings. The three doctors and the dragon defended the Sanctum Sanctorum in China. This podcast is a production of the Three Ranger Bros Studios in association with CO to Hero, the podcast. Back in New York, the four mutant for hire boys had been fighting for a while. Day had shifted into night. A few hours had gone by. Every grey creature they blew up into lumps of dissolving clay, another took its place. The city had started to evacuate, but some people were trapped or hiding. Ocklose was fighting a group of grey creatures, his eyes turned blue. He ran at full speed and smashed into one of the creatures, and it exploded into clay. One came up to him, it had a saphir around its fist. It threw its bald hand, but before Ocklose could react, several playing cards, which had a purple hue to them, stabbed into the creature and they exploded destroying it. Arclos turned around to see Gambit stood on the car. Of course you're here, Arclos grinned. My love is at the mansion. They are safe. I thought this would be a good chance to uh, stretch my legs, you know. Gambit grinned back. He hopped off the car with his bow staff in hand. He swung it around, tripping over one of the beings, and tapped it on the head with the tip of the staff. A spark of kinetic energy burst forth, exploding the creature's head. 
Come on, the other boys are down the street. Arkans told Gambit. Lead the way. Gambit gestured. Cardio increased his heartbeat. His muscles became insanely tense. His, he jumped into high into the air and landed on the creatures. They exploded as he landed on them. He turned around, went to go slap one, but Sabretooth landed in front of the great creature with his claws and tore through the being's neck. Then the thing fell to the floor in a pile of clay. Oh goody, you're here! Cardio said with an eye roll. Watch your mouth, runt. I could walk away, or I could lend my claws. Sabretooth snarled. Ignore him. These things woke him up from his hangover nap. Pyro said as he hopped off a car. He ignited his flamethrower, then he manipulated the flame, made it bigger, and made a basketball-sized fireball, and then threw it at the group of advancing creatures, burning them all to a crisp. Fine. Cardio muttered, then he led the two Brotherhood members into the middle of the street where One-Up and Thunderstruck were bassing more of the creatures. One-Up booted one in the chest, sending it flying back. Thunderstruck swung his fist, sending a crescent wave of kinetic energy, slicing four of the creatures in half. Arclos and Gambit gathered up as well. The mutants for hire, the X-Man, and the two Brotherhood members battled on the street of New York, when suddenly One-Up noticed a man trapped under some rubble. Guys, is there something under that fallen neon sign or what? One up pointed. Dude, help me with this. Cardio barked at Arclos. Cardio's heart rate increased and Arclos's eyes turned red. Both of them grabbed one end of the big broken neon sign and lifted it off the gentleman. The man crawled out and stood up slowly. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. The man said. The boys dropped the sign and walked past the guy. You need to leave, now, Arclos told the man, then he punched an incoming creature. The man bent down, touching his toes. Dude, get out of here! Thunderstruck barked as he stomped his foot, sending a shockwave through the ground, making a bunch of them fall over, allowing him to punch some of the things too. And then one of the creatures punched him in the head. He turned the attack into stored energy. The man then leaned back, then used one arm to stretch out his shoulder, and then he placed his thumbs on his back and then leaned back again, clicking his spine. What is wrong with this fool? Gambit muttered Arclos. Arclos shrugged in return. Don't mind me, gentlemen. A little stretching never hurt anyone. The man said as he tilted his head back and forth. Don't make me move you. These creatures are a nightmare. One-up barred to him. They are called putties, and they are, okay, worse when there is a lot of them. The man grunted. Wait, you know what these things are, dude? Arclos asked between punching the creatures. First off, it's Mark. And second, yes I do. Their arrival might be sort of my fault. The man known as Mark explained. Then Mark looked at the group, who were all looking at him, kind of disturbed. Ma Mark then held out a strange-looking belt-buckle device. It's morphin' time! Mark called out. Mark held out his Cornish power morpher, and it popped open. Conobisficon! Mark called out. Then the morpher dematerialized, leaving the coin floating there. Mark then morphed into his ranger suit. His helmet formed over his head. Then the coin started spinning, and it flew at Mark hitting Mark in the chest. The coin shattered, and Mark's Cornish chest shield formed around him. Mark had morphed into the Red Cornish Ranger. The Red Cornish Ranger stood there before the seven mutants, who looked at him with awe and wonder. The Red Cornish Ranger ran past them with his sword and started slicing down the parties with ease. He blocked an attack and then kicked one. He then cut down another one. He grabbed one and smacked it in the head with the butt end of his sword a couple times before he beheaded it with his blade. The seven mutants stood there for a moment, completely confused, when suddenly the four mutants for hire had a beeping noise coming from their communication links in their ear. Boys, how's it going? Mr. Pocket asked in their ear. Boss, we have found something. I mean, well, more like someone. One up said as he pressed his communication link. Dad, we found a guy who might know what these things are or where they came from. We're kind of confused, Arclos explained as they carried on watching the Red Cornish Ranger beat up a group of putties. Bring him to the warehouse, Arclos, Mr. Pocket ordered. Got it, Dad, Arclos nodded in response. 
Dude, you have a warehouse? Thunderstruck ass shot. We are tagging along. Gambit told them. Sure, more than Mario, I guess. Arclay shrugged. Let's get this over with. Sabretooth proud. Then the seven mutants walked up to Red Corner Ranger, who backflipped off a car and sliced the putty as he landed. He threw his foot back, kicking one behind him. Dude, uh, uh, Mark, we need you to come with us now, Arclose told the Red Corner Ranger. Alright, I understand. I have some explaining to do, and you guys seem like good people. The Red Cornish Ranger agreed. The Seven Mutants ran away from the mayhem, leading the Red Cornish Ranger to Mr. Pocket's warehouse. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Felicity Hart. This is breaking news. It is not portals dropping meteor rocks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is blobs of grey trouble. It's everywhere. It's all over the world. We're having news reports coming in from absolutely everywhere. These are not meteor rocks. Please hear me when I say this. Stay indoors. These are grey beings. It's like they're aliens and they've come here and they're fighting and, they're, and there's just trouble everywhere. And guys, I just need you to stay home and I need you to stay safe. We're going to break more and more of this story to you when and if we can, but I just need you to stay home and stay safe. Guys, I don't know what's happening, but I think this is World War Three. The Seven Mutants and Mark arrived at the warehouse. It was an all-white building with boxes and technology all over the place. Mr. Pocket was stood there by a big metal technological circle. Dad, that's a boom tube, Arklo said in shock as they approached Mr. Pocket. Mr. Pocket walked up to his son and hugged him. He then hugged the other three boys as well. I'm glad my boys are safe, Mr. Pocket told them. It wasn't easy. One upside. There's still a lot of chaos in this city! Cardio admitted. I'm afraid it's not just the city. It's all over the world. Mr. Pocket sighed. That is a lot of those clay things. Gambit chimed in. I see we brought help, Mr. Pocket said, looking at the mutants for hire. They helped us, boss. We kinda owe them one. Thunderstruck told them. I think I can explain what we are up against. The Red Corner Stranger said. He then demorphed and then held out his hand. So this is the Ranger Oculus told me about. Thank you for helping out my boys, Mr. Pocket said and then shook Mark's hand. They helped me first. I was only returning the favour. Mark said awkwardly. I think comparing notes here is a good idea, Mr. Pocket grinned. Yes. I shall brief the teams on the putties and where they came from. Mark nodded. Ah, yes, good plan, but first let me bring in the rest of the team. Whilst you boys have been busy, I've been gathering everyone, Mr. Pocket explained. Then he walked over to his computer and typed away. What, you want to bring the X-Men in? <laughs> Pyro mocked. Easy, Fireboy. Gambit hissed. Uh, Dad, what do you mean by the rest of the team? Oculus asked. Then the boom tube erupted with activity. The machine spoke as it called out everyone's names as people started walking through. Zero, zero, five, Nightwing. Zero, zero, six, Robin. Zero, zero, seven, Iron Butler. Zero, zero, eight, Black Canary. Zero, zero, nine, Arsenal. Zero, one, zero, Hawkeye. Zero, one, one, Arkham. Zero, one, two, Doctor Dead. Zero, one, three, Bane. Zero, one, four, Scarecrow. Zero, one, five, Red Landon. Zero, one, six, Orange Landon. Zero, one, seven, Ghost Rider. Zero, one, eight, Doctor Strange. Zero, one, nine, Doctor Fate.
zero two zero Doctor Fury zero two one Julian Long zero two two Spider Man zero two three Vixen zero two four Captain Cold zero two five Venom zero two six Moon Knight zero two nine Soma Noir zero three zero Isaac Samuel Payne everyone stood there in the warehouse guess I got some explaining to do Mark said awkwardly, then he sat down on a chair and explained his story, his mission, where these putties came from, to the room filled with heroes, villains, and people who were just simply trying to help. And there you have it guys, I apologise about the length of this video. So let's dive in with the voice cast, and obviously as you can tell, there was a lot. So I'm going to break this down via story via story. First off, let's welcome the newcomers. We have Ben the Baker Ranger voicing Conchu. Now he has actually been seen once, but only once. So this, I'm classing this as the first official appearance. Then we have Soma, who was voiced well by the person who made him. <laughs> Galaxy cosplay. Then let's dive into the likeness of Mutants for Hire. We have Thunderstruck, voiced by my friend Austin. We have Benevin Cardio, voiced by my friend Ethan. And we have One Up, voiced by my good buddy Jay. We have Sabretooth, voiced by Mark the Cornish Ranger. Pyro, voiced by Cosplay Sun67. And Gambit, voiced by Cosplay Dude637. Now let's talk about our War Against Gotham team. We have Dick Grayson, aka Nightwing, voiced by. Cosplay Dude 637. We have Alfred, voiced by Mark the Red Cornish Ranger. Then we have Roy Harper, voiced by Super Dead. Then we have Dino Drake, voiced by Decent Hugs. We also have Bane, voiced by Frankensaurus. And we also have Scarecrow, voiced by by Tranco Valentine. We also then have Dot Dead, voiced by not only myself, but Jay and Mark the Red Corner Stranger. Then we have the likelihood of Spider-Man. Venom was voiced by my friend Ethan, and Vixen was voiced by my stepmother, Nye. We also have the Red Lantern herself, Jordan. We have Ghost Rider and Kit, the host, voiced by the Woods. And of course, how can I not mention Felicity Hart, who's voiced by my mother. Of course, I play a lot of characters here, so I'm not going to list the characters I play at all, but that's the voice casting, and this is a big ongoing project. I cannot wait for you guys to hear chapter 2, which is already in the works. This is actually a collaboration storyline, not just myself, yes I'm writing this, but Mark the Red Cornish Ranger, who is voiced by the Mark, Cornish, uh, Mark the Red Cornish Ranger, was also in this storyline. This is actually a big ongoing project and a collab between me and Mark himself. I just want to give a shout out to Mark and his podcast Nerds Through Comics. A big shout out to Cosplay Dude 637 with his three podcasts. We have Storytime with Cosplay Dude 637, we have Sailor Moon E, and Power Rangers Universe 19. He's also got a YouTube channel you can go check out too called Nostalgia Time. Both of them write their own stories and upload them on all their podcasts. We have Zero the Hero, our association, and of course, Bulk and Skull of, of Podcasting, but in Jim, are back as always. So you can go check them out because they're always bumbling about something awesome. This is my official welcome to the Zero to Hero community to Jay, who has his own podcast called If You Gave a Dad a Podcast. You should go check it out sometime. Cosplay Son has also, Xander has also got his own podcast, Neat Talks. You might want to check that out as well. 
on a shout out to all my voice actors. Most of them are content creators. I think all of them are content creators of some kind, whether that's TikTok, YouTube, or podcasting of some kind. So you should go check out everyone I just mentioned. That being said, subscribe to the channel because there will be more stuff coming. I have other stories too if you want to go check that out as well. Go check out Tiger Tales of the Lost Stories, my second channel, which has a big take on the world of fan fictions, more unique stories, and they're all taken on the first person perspective. That being said, subscribe, and I shall see you guys really soon. Cosplay Dude 637. Tie Tiger. And the Red Cornish Ranger. The Three Ranger Bros Production.